0: Acts chapter nine. Last week we did the first uh, the first thirty one verses, as we saw Saul get saved on the road to Damascus. What an amazing thing that was! And then uh, God takes him out to the backside of the desert, and he 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 personally gives him an education, and he goes back and he preaches, and he tries to preach in Damascus, and they put out a they put out a, a hit on him. They wanted to assassinate him. Sneaks out of there. They lower him down in a basket and send him to, to Jerusalem. He gets to Jerusalem. Nobody wanted to believe him that he had he had gotten saved, even after three years. And so he gets uh, uh, he Saul gets uh, sent off to Damascus or to excuse me uh, to Tarsus. Because of another assassination attempt on his life. And so Saul's up in Tarsus, hanging out in his hometown. And verse 31 of chapter 9 says this And so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. Times are good. In where? Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Now if you go back to Acts 1.8, how far did he tell them to go? He says, "Well, how far? To the ends of the earth. To the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, the first three were already done. Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. We saw Philip go up to Samaria and preach and Peter and John went up and bestowed the holy spirit on them the the gospel had went and and now that Saul is out of the picture everything's quiet the church is growing they have peace they got comfortable they got cushioned pews they didn't have to sit on the hard benches anymore Things were comfortable in the church. Nobody was causing persecution. And Peter got bored. Peter said, you know what? You you other apostles, you got this stuff figured out. You guys preach here in Jerusalem. I'm going to go on a road trip. And and the the next thing we find in chapter 9, starting at verse 32 is Peter wants to go on a road trip. He wants to take the gospel out a little bit farther. He wants to push the edges. And God was working on Peter's heart, but Peter wasn't ready for that uttermost parts of the earth. Peter's ready to go about 15 miles outside. He's ready to head over to the coast for a little vacation. How, mo- how many of us like to go to the coast for a vacation? And that's where, that's where Peter, right? It's, that's a wonderful place to be. And, and that's where we find Peter in chapter 9, verse 32 to 35. Now, as Peter was traveling through those regions, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydia. And there he found a man named Aeneas who had been bedridden for, five, for eight years, for he was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. immediately he got up and all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. God is beginning to move on Peter's heart. Now, just to give you a little idea, Peter didn't go that far. He went from Jerusalem, headed over to the coast to a little town called Lydda. About two days walk from Jerusalem and he stops there. And what's he doing? He is looking for the saints. The saints. Remember what's happened is we've had, we've had persecution uh, in Jerusalem pushed people out. Some of them made it as far as Lydda. They started a little house church there. We also have the fact that Philip, if you'll remember Philip back in chapter 8, after he preached to the Ethiopian eunuch, God caught him up and he took him over to Azotes, which is on the coast just south of Joppa. And he preached all his way up to Caesarea. So we have the people fleeing persecution. We have Philip preaching and bringing people to Christ. And so Peter stops in Lydda and he finds some of these believers. Now most of them would have been either Hebrew, Jewish believers who came to Christ. But we find this guy by the name of Aeneas. Now Aeneas is a Greek Greek name. So we find this Greek Jewish believer that came to Christ and he's paralyzed. Kind of a sad place to be, isn't it? And Paul comes or Peter comes along into Aeneas's life and, and he says hey Aeneas you want to you want to walk again? Would that be pretty cool? And he just looks at Aeneas and he says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. That's pretty easy, isn't it? Look at what Peter does. Every time Peter heals, it's never, I heal you. If you ever go to somebody and they, they have a healing service and they say, I heal you, or the Holy Spirit heals you, run! It's only Jesus Christ who heals. And when Jesus Christ heals, he gets the credit. Because notice what happens when he gets healed. When Aeneas gets healed, it says, and all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to Peter. Peter. Is that what it says? Turn to the Lord. You see, Jesus got the credit. Now, Aeneas, he doesn't really know Peter. Maybe he heard about Peter, but he's been paralyzed for eight years, probably the whole time that the church has been been in, uh, in Jerusalem. He's been bedridden, he's paralyzed. He doesn't really know who Peter is. Peter, oh, everybody in Jerusalem knew who Peter was. Man, they were bringing people out so that his shadow would fall on him. But Aeneas didn't know that. And Peter looks at Aeneas, and he says, rise, and then he says, what? He says, you're healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, you're healed. But what? Get up and make your bed. Now, parents, you can use that verse. Right? Get up and make your bed. But what did Aeneas have to do? He had to get up and he had to make his bed. Sometimes faith requires obedience. If Aeneas would have laid there, he would have still been healed because Jesus Christ was the one that was doing the healing. But what would it have done for him? Absolutely, he would have just laid there. Oh, huh. I wonder if these work anymore. He had to get up. Sometimes one time, Peter, when he was healing the lame man on the way to the prayer at the temple, he says he grabbed his arm and he pulled him up. But this time, he just looks at Aeneas and says, get up off your butt. (laughs) Get doing something. Sometimes... Faith requires obedience, and Aeneas did that. Aeneas got up and got going. Now, God is moving Peter because before his main concentration was on the Hebrew Jews, because Peter was a Hebrew, he came from up around Galilee, he was a fisherman. He he went to the temple. Peter was a Hebrew who became a believer and followed Jesus. But now he's, he's going after a proselyte, somebody who was a Greek believer. God's moving him out. He says, Peter, it's okay. You can use your gifts for those who aren't Hebrews. Peter's kind of stuck on this. We're going to see that in just a minute. Because Peter's going to call him a little bit farther away. God's going to call Peter a little bit farther away. Look at verses 36 through 43. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. Oh, notice we have a Greek name again. This woman was abounding with the deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it in an upper tomb, upper room. Boy, not an upper tomb. They laid it in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, Do not delay coming to us. So Peter arose and went with them. And when he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all of the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter said to them all, sent them all out and knelt down and prayed and turned to the body he said Tabitha arise in Aramaic that would be Tabitha come come arise and he she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter she sat up she gave her hand gave her his hand and raised her up, calling the saints and the widows. He presented to her alive, and it became known all over Joppa, and what? And many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed many days in Joppa with the tanner named Simon. God is calling Peter a little bit farther out to another Greek disciple, another Greek person who had come to Jesus. And this time, she died. Now, Peter has never raised somebody from the dead. He's healed people. He's healed the lame man that was sitting by the, by the side of the road. He's healed Aeneas, who was paralyzed for eight years. He's done a lot of healing, but he's never raised anybody from the dead. And these people come, and hey, they hear about him. They, they send somebody. It's about... A day's journey. So they would have had to go quickly because in Jewish tradition, she would have been buried within 24 hours. And so off they go. They go find Peter and they say, you need to come quickly. She's died. We need your help. Now, Peter probably going, I've never raised anybody from the dead. What in the world am I supposed to do? Well, he remembered back to this little time in in Luke chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8, we find this interesting story. It's beginning in verse uh, 49. It says this, now Jesus has been healing. It says, while he was still speaking, someone came to the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. Jairus has come to Jesus saying, My daughter's sick. They come and say, She's died. Don't worry about it. But look what Jesus says. But when Jesus heard this, he answered and said, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe, and she will be made well. And when he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the girl's father and mother. Now, they were all, this is everybody else, they were all weeping and lamenting for her. But he said, Stop weeping, for she has not died, she's asleep. And they began laughing at him, knowing that she had died. He, however, took her by the hand and called, saying, Child, arise. Now, child in, in Aramaic is Talitha. Talitha, kum. What did Peter have to say? Tabitha, kum. And and her spirit returned and she got up immediately and he gave orders for something to be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. You see, sometimes in our faith, God calls us to do something we've never done before. And we go, I don't know how to do that, God. And and God says, hey, just do what I did. (laughs) And, And that's exactly what Peter did. Peter got to the house and he's like going, I've never raised anybody from the dead. What are you expecting of me? And so he sends everybody out. He says, okay, what did God do with Jairus' daughter? And Peter sent everybody out and he knelt down beside the bed and he prayed. He said, okay, God, it's me and you and her. And all of us need to be in agreement on this. And God said, okay, Peter, I'm going I'm to raise her from the dead so everybody knows that it was me. Because everybody knows Peter's never raised anybody from the dead. And he prays and God raises her from the dead. And what is the outcome? The outcome is the fact that people come to Christ. People get to people in that particular city. in Joppa, what does it say? He said, and it became known all over Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. You see, sometimes we need to follow Jesus' example. Where did Jesus go? See, we're, we're really, we have a lot of fun getting in our holy huddles, don't we? We have a lot of fun getting together with fellow believers. And Jesus did that. Man, he had had his 12, right? They traveled all over the place together. That was cool. But where do you find Jesus when he wasn't traveling with his 12? He's hanging out with the prostitutes. He's hanging out with the drunks. He's hanging out with the Pharisees. He's hanging out with the people who are crippled. He's hanging out with the poor. He's feeding 5,000. Sometimes we just need to follow Jesus' example. Because folks, we can't share Jesus with people who know Jesus already. The people who need to hear about Jesus are are people who don't hang out with us on a regular basis. We need to hang out with them so we can share with them Jesus because that's what he did. Sometimes we need to hang out with the wrong crowd so that God will move, God can move in their hearts. Well, Peter is being moved. Slowly but surely because the last verse says and Peter stayed many days in Joppa with Tanner, with a tanner named Simon. Simon meet Simon. I think they did a movie about, or a television show, Simon and Simon, right? Simon, meet Simon. But he's a tanner. Now, what's what's the problem with a Hebrew person and somebody who's a tanner? They're unclean. They're unclean. They handle dead animals all the day. All day long. That's what they do. And in the Hebrew in, in Judaism, if somebody was came in contact with a dead animal, they had to cleanse themselves and they had to wait till that evening, and then they could worship the Lord again. This guy's job is handling anim, dead animals all the time, and Peter says, "Hey, now I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was kind of like trying to find a hotel room in uh, in New Orleans on the Mardi Gras." Maybe he couldn't find a a place to live. And he ends up at the Tanner's house. But I kind of think Peter's like going, you know what? I'm okay with this. God's pushing me out a little bit. Has God ever done that with you? Got you out of your comfort zone a little bit? said, hey, it's okay. Get out of your comfort zone. It's not going to kill you. And so Peter stays with Simon the Tanner. And I'm going to, this next section that we're going to do is about Cornelius. Now, I, I'm going to tell you beforehand, uh, we're only going to focus on Peter here. Next Sunday, I'm going to come back and we're going to focus on Cornelius. Because God, this, this, this whole thing is big because this is the next step. And what God asked them to do. Unto the uttermost parts of the world. But I want to focus on Peter. Because God is going to. God has been nudging Peter along. And now God's going to go. Poomp. And he's going to say. Get going. I've been gently pushing you. Now it's time to get moving. Because the next big thing is coming. And that's the Gentiles. You guys have done really good with Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Now it's time to go to the Gentiles. Oh, not the Gentiles. You really want me to preach to the Gentiles? Come on, I'm a Hebrew. But I want you to watch what happens here. Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 10. Now there was a man... At Caesarea, named Cornelius a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, or 3 p.m., he clearly saw the vision of an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he says, What is it, Lord? And he said, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now dispatch some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon who is called Peter. And he's staying with Tanner, with a Tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who was speaking with him had left, he summoned two of his servants and a devout soldier of those who were his personal attendants. And after he had explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. And on the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. But he became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. And he saw the sky open and an object like a great sheet coming down lowered by the four corners to the ground and there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And the voice came to him and said, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. (laughs) But Peter says, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Again, a voice came down a second time and says, What God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. And this happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I'm sorry. uh, Now, while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what the vision which he had seen might, might be, behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions for Simon's house, appeared at the gate. And calling out, they were asking asking whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you, but get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. And Peter went down to the men, and he said, Behold, I am the one you're looking for, what is the reason for which you've come? And they said Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God fearing man, well spoke of by the entire nation of the Jews, has divinely directed by the holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear a message from him, from, from you, so he invited them in and gave them lodging. Wow, what in the world is going on? God is calling Peter. Come to a Roman soldier, a Roman centurion, and preach to his household. God's been nudging him. Come on, you can do this. You can can heal a Greek man. You can even raise a Greek lady from the dead. You can do this, Peter. But first, what does he have to do? He has to talk to the other end. He has to talk to Cornelius. You see, when God is going to send you to share the gospel with somebody, he's working from both ends. See, he doesn't send you to somebody who's not ready. Now, not everybody that God says, go share the gospel is going to get saved right at that moment. But he's working on them. God says sometimes we water, sometimes we we plant, sometimes we water, sometimes we do a little bit of weeding, but he gives the increase. But in this case, Cornelius, who is somebody, Cornelius is a seeker. He's somebody who's seeking out. He's praying. He's praying at at the hour of prayer when the angel comes. He's giving to the church. He is is helping out the synagogue. The only God that he knows is the Jewish God. And God's working on his heart. And he sends an angel. He says, go and send some people down. You'll find him. He gives very specific instructions. He says, go down to Joppa. Look for Simon the Tanner. Simon Peter's there. Tell him to come. On the other end... Something else has happened. Now I want you to notice that Cornelius responded immediately. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a day's journey, about 10 hours from to walk from Caesarea to Joppa. These guys leave late afternoon, and they're trucking down to Joppa. gets dark. They camp out. The next morning, they're up at daylight. And at noon, they're at Peter's house. Now God's working on Cornelius' end, and Cornelius is going, let's move this thing along. I want to hear the gospel. I want to hear what this Peter guy has to say. And so Peter on the other end is missing lunch. It's about noon. He's hungry. I don't know why they put that in there. I just thought it was kind of cool. You know, sometimes you're going to get your greatest visions when God says, uh, what, you know, what's going on? You, you're hungry, and I want you to be hungry for souls. You're just hanging out at Simon the Tanner's house. You should be preaching the gospel. Isn't that what Jesus did at the, with the woman at the well? He's sitting there. He sends the guys in to get lunch. The woman at the well comes, and, and he, he says, Hey, listen, I want you to be changed. I want you to have living water. She runs off to town to tell everybody about what Jesus had said. The disciples come. They bring Hardee's, or I guess it's it, Carl's Jr. It's Hardee's back east. They bring Carl's Jr. And, and Jesus said, I, I, I don't need lunch. I've got everything I need because, because God's working. It's amazing how, how you can miss lunch when God's working. And it's okay. But that, that, that food drive is sitting there and God, it says he fell into a trance. While he's waiting for lunch. And God's going to talk to him. And God comes down. And he says, hey Peter. Look at all these animals. And I want you to notice how many times. There's several times in this. That he tells people, Peter, get up. Twice he's going to tell them, get up. Sometimes we need to... (laughs) We need to quit sitting around and we need to get up. He says, get up and eat. Peter, verse 13, voice came to him, the sheet comes down and has all these unclean animals and clean animals in there. He says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And what is Peter's response? No way! Lord, is that a little bit of a, What would you call that, a paradox? No way, Lord. How can you tell the Lord? No way. What what it says, he says, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy or unclean. I'm a Hebrew to the bone. But this is kind of what Peter does. In Matthew chapter 16, we we have this story. From the time that Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and and be raised up on the third day. What does Peter do? And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it. Lord, this shall never happen to you. Can you imagine the audacity to pull Jesus to the side and say, you're wrong. No way. And and as Peter's pulling his foot out of his mouth, what was Jesus' response to this? Get thee behind me, Satan. You're, You're listening to the wrong people. Again, In John chapter 13, Jesus comes at the Last Supper and he's washing people's feet and he gets to Peter. Peter's been watching this going on and Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. And Jesus answered him and said, if if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. I'm not going to do this. And in Matthew chapter 26... But Peter said to him, even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you that this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the, people, all the disciples said the same thing. And what did Peter do when they came to arrest Jesus? He ran off. Disappeared. Followed at a distance, warming himself by the fire while Jesus is beaten. He kind of had a problem with this. Was Jesus Lord? Well, maybe If it agreed with him, God has to send down the sheet three times. Peter has to hear a lot of things three times. God sends down the sheet three times and finally goes, okay, I'm really not sure because it says Peter was greatly perplexed. God, what exactly do you want from me? Okay, I'll have a pork chop for lunch. That's not what God wanted. God wanted him to understand that he's to take the gospel to everyone. And he says, by the way, there's some guys at the door. Don't question them, just go with them. Now, what is Peter's response to them? Peter responds to them by going, wait a second, what has all this been about? Because he goes down, right, they knock at the door, it's noon, knock at the door, hey, uh, is Peter, Simon Peter here? Oh yeah, he's upstairs, let's go get him. He comes down, and Jesus said what? Or God told him what? He said, Behold, three men are looking for you. But once again, what did he say? Get up. Go downstairs and accompany them without misgivings. For I have sent them myself. And Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you're looking for. What's the reason that you've come for me? What did Jesus just tell him? What did God say to him? No misgivings. Just go, go, Peter. <sighs> okay, I'll go. But first, we're going to hang out and have dinner. You guys stay with me. It's noon. He, they could have done what they did before us. Is, is if Peter would have left, they could have been there the next morning. But no, Peter said, "Come on in. Let's have some lunch. We've got we've got some nice ham sandwiches here." And I want you to remember who this is. This is a Roman soldier and two Gentile servants. The Roman soldier would have caused a little bit of alarm for Peter. Because he has not had a good time with Roman soldiers before. I mean, he, he went, after the crucifixion, they hid in fear. He gets arrested and thrown in jail. I mean, he doesn't like these guys. But he says, okay, God. Bing. I get it. I get it, God. I'm not going to defile, it's it's not going to defile me if I have lunch with the Gentiles. Because a Hebrew would never have lunch with the Gentiles. But he says, it's okay. You've been nudging me. You've been nudging me. I get it. My, my behind is a little sore from you kicking me down the road. And Peter says, aha. I get it. You know, sometimes, sometimes God gives us those little nudges. You need to go out. You need to, you need to share. And sometimes he gives us the good boot. And he says, you need to go. You need to get up and go. And Peter finally gets it. Now next week we're going to see the outcome of what happened when Peter obeyed God and went. But that's next week. So we come to communion. We come to communion and As we come to communion, it's a time that we really honor what God set before us. Jesus set the example at the Last Supper. But all that time, if you go to, we we spent, when we were in the book of John, I mean, John spends, what, four or five chapters on that, that time around the Last Supper? And what is he doing? He is preparing the apostles to go. And unfortunately, the apostles were a lot like us. They got comfortable. Oh, these padded pews feel so good here in the first church of Jerusalem. Why should we go anyplace else? And God says, no, 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 no. Get up and go. As we come to communion. I want you to think of one person. One person that you need to go and tell. You need to get up. Go to them. And say you need to hear this. Because you might, they may be like Tabitha. What happened to Tabitha? One day she was there making beautiful clothes and the next day she was gone. See, God does not give us tomorrow. And if God is telling you, find that one person to get up and go tell. It may take a journey. God may be calling you to go a long ways because it's somebody that you know needs to know Jesus and you may need to take a lot of effort. It may be a day's journey But God's calling you to that one person to tell.